Welcome to the Bully Girl Magazine podcast, season two, episode two. This is a voice of the American bully community and the go-to spot for bully breed enthusiasts around the globe. Take a deep dive with us into the captivating world of bullies as we share stories, insights, and highlight the stars of our beloved breed. If you're hooked, and we bet you will be, make sure to subscribe to Bully Girl Magazine and enhance your experience with our Bully Girl mobile app. Now, without further ado, let's jump into today's exciting episode. Today, we're joined by Yessie from Bulldoze Kennel, a mini French bulldog breeder in Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Yessie. Welcome to the Thank Bully Girl Pod- Magazine podcast. Hey, Lisa. How you doing? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Who is that cutie on your lap? This is our main star first edition. Uh, he's oh. our main stud, our smallest boy as of right now. Oh, he is so cute. My husband keeps saying no more dogs, no more dogs. And then he says, well, maybe a Frenchie. <laughs> so I was telling him about you and showing him your awesome article, of course, Thank in you. Bully Girl, which I will put here for a moment. It's fantastic. Not now, really. I wanted to ask, when did your love of bully breeds begin? Oh, as far back as I can imagine. Um, I think I wanted my first pit bull at like 10 <gasps> My parents have always been afraid of pit bulls, so they never Mm -hmm. allowed it. Um, But we've always had dogs, so I've always had a love for animals. Um, Finally, when I moved out, 16, 17, went to the shelter, got my first pity, and I've had one ever since. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I know. That's one of the things that drives me nuts is the stigma. And it's so important that we have this show and this fantastic magazine so we can talk about it. Because honestly, God, my, my dog Blue, my pit Blue is like the biggest love muffin ever. And like he every, just wants to cuddle. Every pit that I've adopted from the rescue. Now, don't get me wrong. Right. I am iffy with the bigger guys adopting them from the rescue. But, you know, I've always gone and gotten them pretty young or as young as possible. And they've been amazing. They've been better than behavior wise and, you know mind wise they've been better than any frenchie or pit bull that i've ever bred i think they understand more that you know we're giving them a second chance so oh absolutely they've been the best dogs i've ever ever had in my life (laughs) yeah you know i interviewed a woman uh, on another show and she had fostered over 200 dogs 200 dogs all breeds and you know what she ended up with keeping for herself two pit bulls (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, that says, think about that. Every breed you could imagine. Yep. And the ones that she has now are too pity. So I just think bully breeds are incredible, which of course is why I'm here. So I want to talk about your awesome article and your bulldoze kennels. Now it was in the 13 year anniversary edition of Burly, Bully Girl Magazine. And we talked about pit bulls and you used to breed them. And what was that like? I loved it. Um, my first experience was... And oops, I love that sound. <laughs> my my first litter was an accident litter. Um, my mate at the time had kids. We told them, you know, they used to love helping with the dogs. You know, we tried to keep them separated. So it was yeah. a litter. And it was a big surprise. Um, but what made me love it so much was as my girl was going through labor and having her puppies, she would put them all in my lap. And no matter what I did, I would try to put them in a basket to help her. And she would get up through labor and pick up every puppy and put them back in my lap. And that connection between me and her is really what just made me. I never had I've my parents bred poodles and I've never had that type of connection with any of these dogs. And so I just knew that they I felt like they just understood more than, you know, yeah. majority other breeds. You know, they're, they're one of the smarter breeds. I could say that for sure. 
Oh, absolutely. They're super special. And so in the article I read, you're no longer breeding pit bulls, but then you met a mini French bulldog. And what was your first reaction to these cuties? Oh, I was amazed. I was amazed. Um, I spent many years working in dog daycares. So the Frenchies that I met have all been the negative side of the Frenchies. So I mean, like adults racing to eat poo and just the dirty, dirty dogs. So I never really had a good feeling for Frenchies, never really had any good, you know, never heard anything great about them. Um, I had a friend who um, got into breeding Frenchies. He bought a chocolate Merle and he was beautiful. He was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I fell in love with him. It wasn't any other Frenchie. I fell in love with him. And um, he was having trouble with him. He was just having behavior issues with him. He called me. He's like, you know, I know you love this dog. I want to, you know, sell him. Do you want him? And I was like, of course. And took him in. He was a beautiful dog. He had a complete 360 of his behavior and became one of my oldest and most cherished Frenchies. He's actually, he's on my logo. He started almost everything when it comes to bulldoze kennels. Yeah, that's so cool. You know, it's funny about the poo because, so I have two dogs. I have my heart and soul blue, and then I have my lab. My poor lab, I'm always like, he's my heart and soul. Uh, As a matter of fact, it's kind of funny. My brother, like a year ago, uh, I had posted a picture of Benji, my lab. He's like, who's Benji? And granted, my brother lives far away from me, but still, he's like, you have two dogs? (laughs) I've only seen your pit. Anyway, as soon as Benji poops, Blue makes a beeline for it. So I literally have to go outside every single flipping time they're out together. And that's Oh my God, it's so gross. And my vet was just like, oh, well that just happens. And I'm like, well, what the hell? So it's really funny that you mentioned that about the Frenchie because- Rare pit bull behavior. Is it? Well, that's good to know. Yeah, that's super rare. That's, I've heard with with the Frenchies, I've seen with the puppies, it's like literally as soon as they're born three, four weeks, some of them are just like favorite dessert, you know, like, (laughs) I don't get it. And they grow, they do, they grow out of it. But I feel oh, good. like a lot of people don't put the training behind helping them grow out of that behavior. And after a while, it just becomes natural to them. You know, it's just a natural thing. I have it. Yeah. So, you know, that's one thing I work on with all my pups. I try to send them home poop free. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is good to know. Uh, the other thing was when I was reading the article, I understand that health and DNA testing are cornerstones of your breeding program. So talk to us about these tests. What genetic conditions do you look for? And what are the specific tests that you perform? So uh, every puppy gets a health and DNA test either through Embark, which tests over, I want to say 300 different mm. diseases per breed. Um, we do get a little more in depth depending on DNA, if it's something new that the people are going through. Um, but our studs and our females all get OFA tested. Um, him, for example, being that he's so compact, which is something that is not so much sought after by half the breeders in the Frenchie world. Um, right. The biggest concern is their spinal issues, uh, oh, spinal issues, hip issues, elbow issues. So we test all our studs for things like that. For example, he is OFA hips and uh, elbows passed so far. Oh, um, good. And he's still pretty young. I think they want, they usually want you to do it at two years. He's a year old, um, but oh, okay. he is breeding. So we wanted to go ahead and get that started and get that done for him. Um, any of our major studs, we get those tests done just to help people feel a lot better about what they're breeding to. Uh, we have a lot of people who come with health cleared uh, Frenchies who don't have any spinal issues, don't have anything of that nature, but they do want to 
create a smaller dog? So, you know, they do ask these questions and it, it, it makes it better for the longevity of the pet. We kind of, I want my dogs to last longer than two to four years. You know, we want oh, yes. pets to last 10, 12, 14 years. And if we could start with, you know, something simple as hip dysplasia or, you know, IVDD and start with, you know, making sure that that's not an issue, then that's, that's what I would do. You know, I, I rather have good, have a good name and know that in two to four years, six to eight years, people could still recommend us and say, Hey, you know, I still have this pup from bulldoze kennels. I bought him or her 10 years ago. And you know, that's, that's really what I'm looking for as far as, you know, my kennel goals. Oh, that's great. And what did you say? It was IDD or IVD? IVDD. So what is, what is that? It's an invertebrate disease. So oh. with a lot of these Frenchies, either they have an extra vertebrae or they're missing one, or it might be fused or broken in certain positions. So those are one of the things with any any longer dogs. So beagles, corgis, dotsons, anything on the longer side, they have these types of issues and they're very, very much prone to it. Um, they're not supposed to be jumping up and down and off right. of couches and stuff like that. So anything to make these guys a little bit stronger, you know? Oh yeah. That's awesome. Now what's your favorite bloodline? Right now I love Cobra line. Uh, my favorite, I happen to get him from, which is Mosley lion. He's from Mosley, uh, Mosley kennels. His father's mm. name is limited edition. Hence yeah. the first edition. <laughs> um, I was super in love with their line. Also being that his line also has a lot of champion and grand champion winners. Um, oh, both in the States and outside of the country in big registries. So I was really looking to to produce an all-around dog in the future. You know, good for yeah. him, pretty much. Oh, that's great. Now, we talked a little bit earlier about, yes. you know, there are common misconceptions about the bully breed. And I'm guessing with the Frenchie, it's a little bit different. But if you do get some of this, how do you address this with potential puppy buyers and the public? Um, you know, if we do have puppies that have issues, uh, we tend to pet home them and we try to find owners who understand what they're, what they're getting, understand right. the issue. Um, I have yet to have to deal with anything of that nature, mm -hmm. but I have bought in dogs and bought dogs of my own that I tested and ended up having these, you know, these diseases and, and these mishaps. So we rehomed them, you know, we ended up yeah. finding a pet home and keeping the paperwork and just... I don't want to breed health issues into my line. So sure. I rather just find them homes, you know, as far as the puppies go, we'll find them good homes. And hopefully whoever we find them homes with, we, we do try to um, screen them as much as we can to make sure that they could at least afford if anything happens in the long run with the, with the puppy, you know, yeah. um, it's hard. It's hard. It's something you, you don't really want to give to anyone. Uh, but I try with anything that I know might not be, lucrative to myself. I try to help out other families. So, you know, I do know many families who are, you know, less fortunate. I do know families who have children who are also disabled. So I feel like they make a better connection. I tend to give those puppies to those families to kind of help the little ones a little bit. Oh, that is so nice. You know, speaking of puppies, I love how you talk about in the article that they undergo sensory exercises. What are some of those exercises and how does that help socialize them and prepare them um, for new homes? So we start them from young. We keep the TV on and the radio mm -hmm. on. So we try to have city signs. We do live in a city, big city, Chicago. Um, Chicago. So trains, train noises. We try to have those going on all the time. Mm -hmm. um, 
normal traffic noises we do try to have those on as well um once they hit about two weeks we start uh with uh, q-tips or cotton swabs we will go with their pads the paw pads we will start rubbing their stomachs Aww. um we'll start messing with their paws to make sure that they're okay with getting their nails clipped ears and getting their ears cleaned um we go picking them up. We allow mom to start roughing them up a little bit. So we let mom spend a little more, bit more time in there to start teaching them, you know, just general dog behavior as well. Um, four weeks old, we start changing their uh, lining to their uh, welt boxes so we could go from super soft to turf so they could start learning mm -hmm. the difference in, in the field of, you know, potty training and whatnot. Um, but the biggest thing for us is just noises. Living in a big city, we have to get them used to noises and being able to go outside for, you know. Oh, yeah. In the craziness and the hustle and bustle of the city. Yeah, that's true. Now, in your opinion, what are the characteristics of a responsible dog breeder? Um, health, of course. Just make sure everything is healthy. Mm -hmm. um, sanit sanitize as much as possible. No one's perfect. I, You know, mm -hmm. I can't say that I started off as being the perfect you know, breeder, the perfect right. person behind it. Um, yeah. But I think the biggest place to start is to just make sure that we keep our dog's health and, yeah. you know, sanitation in mind, because without that, they they won't make it that far. You know, we yeah. need education as well. And I know some people just jump in and, you know, think that it's easy. I mean, for me, going from pit bulls to Frenchies, I thought the same thing. You know, a lot of people educated me and, hey, you need certain items and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, I've been breeding for 10, 15 years already. I don't need any of it. And, you know, I was humbled very, very quickly. My first litter, you know, I went from eight to two, um, oh. just in a blink of an eye. And I went out after that, I went out and got everything that I needed, everything that, you know, people told me, and I've never had an issue since. Oh, but good. I do think that, you know, being well-educated and breeding, even learning the fundamentals will help you rather than, you know, just jumping in. And I think that's what a good, a sound breeder needs to do is just formally educate ourselves so that we don't take losses and we don't get emotionally scarred, you know, oh, by yeah. doing what we do. You know. Now, what were some of the differences between breeding pits and breeding Frenchies that you learned? Um, well, pit bulls are very much more independent. I'll say bullies in general. Um, sure are just way more independent when it comes to their litters, whereas the Frenchies lead a, need a lot more help uh, with the smushed in faces, with the mm -hmm. breaky issues. Um, they go through aspiration a lot, depending on, you know, depending on, there are a lot of things that, you know, kind of help with yes and no with aspiration, but um, even the healthiest of dogs, you know, sometimes they, over make milk and it's just way too much for these dogs and with them having such short snouts sometimes they just can't get through getting things where it needs to go so you know mm -hmm. you do need things like oxygen concentrators and uh aspirators and things to help suction these puppies which is something that i kind of didn't think i really needed yeah. um they they are a lot smaller with a lot thicker and girthier parents. So we do need to watch them a lot more when they come out, they're super tiny um, in comparison to mom and dad, or, you know, in general, just in comparison, they do come out about, I want to say you could compare them to like teacup poodle size, oh but yes, they come out pretty small. So yeah. it's very easy, easy for mom to smush 
her step on a lot easier than a, uh, a pit bull to their puppies. So there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more having to watch them. And, and instead of, you can let a pit bull kind of jump into her box and she'll lay it down and she'll feed. And yeah. it's pretty much the dogs get there and they do what they need to do with these Frenchies. Mom will get there. She'll lay right on top of them. They're kind of, some of them are ditz, ditzes. Some of them are great mothers. Some are still great mothers, but just ditzy in the brain. And they'll go and they'll right. lay right on top of them. And they'll feel like they're feeding them. And, you know, you just have to, there, there is a lot more supervision behind Frenchies, whereas a regular bigger dog or, you know, a normal sized dog who's kind of great comparison in size. Like these guys, they don't care. <laughs> they just, they like, just, what's under me? Is that a rock? And they'll just stay there. The, the bulldogs are even funnier to watch. Oh, really? With their pups because they're so lazy. So they just kind of just lay there and just like, get there. You get there, you get there. You don't, you don't. So, wow. you know, there's a lot more supervision that needs to happen with them and a lot wow. more patience. I'll say that. Just a lot more patience with them as well. I bet. Do you enjoy the, the more, being more hands-on with them? I love it. I love the first nice. two, three weeks besides the lack of sleep. Um, yeah, I, I do love it. It's it's a part of life that a lot of people don't get to experience. And, you know, me making the decision to not have kids, this is my best way of, you know, being able to still enjoy, you know, just labor and seeing a birth, you know, mm. it's super yeah. fun. Um, I work for other people. So I, I enjoy seeing different puppies coming in, seeing different dogs and I just love it. I, I love it. I, I fell in love with dogs in a hole. So, you know, um, just anything to do with animals, I'm, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> oh, that is it's so clear. I mean, I can see your passion and I just think it's fantastic. Now, talk to us about what you're feeding your puppies and then as they become dogs throughout the year. So <laughs> I finally transitioned my whole kennel into raw. Nice. Um, we were feeding, at first we were doing royal caning. Um, which has gotten pretty pricey, I would say, for the beginner breeder. Probably not for the big-time breeders, but for someone myself who's just starting again. Mm -hmm. It got pretty pricey when you have, you know, eight dogs and a oh my, 30, yeah. yeah, I think a 30, 40-pound bag of Royal Canaan right now is about 120 bucks with the tax yeah. or something like that. No, good dog but, food is so expensive. Yeah, anyway. it's getting it's getting up there. So um, I did a lot of research. I was having an issue from then switching my dogs to find a cheaper solution that was still good for them and healthy for them. Um, I went through a lot of issues. I went through real bad diarrhea and real bad just bowels. And I, felt, I started feeling really bad for my pups. I could see mm -hmm. they were losing weight. It just, it, it was getting stressful for them. Um, I thought raw was going to be more expensive than what I was doing, but in the long run, it's had many, many benefits that I see that a lot of people do speak on. Um, digestion has been amazing. I went from runs and having to clean up my yard, maybe two times, three times, maybe four times a day. I mean, I had oh 12 dogs at this time, but you know, just having to go through and clean up every day. I've, I've gone from, um, having to do that daily to probably having to do it twice, maybe three times a week. Oh, wow. That's huge. They pretty much, you could tell that they digest and they take in everything in the raw feeding. I just give them beef. Oh, um, okay. So I give them an 80, 10, 10 mix, which is 80% meat, 10% bones and cartilage. The other 10% is organs, um, organs, hair, ears, anything that's actually very, very good for their digestion. And I could say that the amount of poop is so much less 
and it breaks down completely. Like, I'll go outside and it'll probably rain. Like today, I was supposed to clean up poop. I'll go out there and there'll probably be nothing out there because the rain just breaks everything down. Oh, um, wow. Their coats got 100% better. Um, less farting. The Frenchies. Oh, my their, gosh. They're farting. Oh, my God. The bullies, poop. right? They're insane. They are insane. They're, yeah. We call them air poops. Like, it literally feels like the poop. And sometimes it feels like yeah. they literally, like, pooped poop on you. Themselves. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, my God. So yeah. bad. The raw, and it's actually been a lot more pocket friendly than I thought it would be. I nice. spend a lot less. I buy food. I, I could probably take two months in between buying food. I mean, the most I had oh, to do wow. was buy a deep freezer, but that yes. was, you know, that was pretty much it. I buy about 200 pounds at a time for my eight Frenchies and probably like every two to three months. And, oh, and that's the, the difference was seen within a week, you know, it, it, it was, and I didn't vouch for raw at first, but I, I vouched for it a hundred percent. My puppies eat raw at four weeks and I could see the difference in these puppies instantly, instantly could see the difference from me feeding them goat's milk and just, you know, um, regular mush to just feeding them raw. They get so much chunkier. They, you know, they poop less. They're not in the poop. They're not trying to eat. I've had less eating of poop. Okay, that's good Jesus. to know. <laughs> so, you know, still kind of working out the ends and, and the odds and ends, but it, right. I, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. And I think it's a good move for a lot of people. Now, are there vegetables or some kind of like potatoes or starch or grains that so, you put with it? It depends on you and what you want to feed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't give them vegetables, but I give them supplements, which are vegetables. So they get dehydrated carrots, which helps oh, nice. with uh, keeping their stools firm. Um, we have dehydrated cranberries that they also get, as well as dehydrated beets. So that all helps with their systems. Um, I don't supplement supplement my dogs every day, though, though I do give them supplements. Um, I probably give it to them every two to three days. And depending on what it is, maybe once a week. Um, they give them things like coconut oil. They get things oh, like good. that. Uh, fish oils and stuff like that. Um, but they're kind of picky when it comes to veggies. So yeah. I kind of just hide it in with the powders and, you know, the dehydrated <laughs> stuff. Some of them will eat it. Some of them, they'll just play with it. I had one in my pit. May she rest in peace. She loved mm-hmm. salad. So I could give her a whole head of lettuce and she would scarf it down. So <laughs> everyone everyone here is different. So I found that the raw they like, they eat, they don't graze. They don't leave it. Everyone will eat and, you know, they're happy and they're satisfied. They don't walk around looking for too much else afterwards. So you know, I feel like they enjoy it and it all goes by weight as well. So, Oh, that's good. Yeah. I had a pit mix. He was my first dog, Bailey, and uh, he loved broccoli, but let's nice. just say the gas is already bad. So I'm like, sorry, dude, <laughs> this isn't happening. Yeah, right, yeah. So that's another reason why I kind of lay, lay low on the, on the veggies. Cause I don't need right. any parting from these guys. Uh, he's pretty This small body right here could, could, could give you some good farts over here. So, you know, <laughs> Now, how many times a day do you feed your pups? They get fed once a day. So they get over, they're supposed to get about seven ounces of raw. Mm -hmm. I give them about eight and they get a little extra. So we also add in Stella and Chewy's raw, uh, raw fleece dry patties. So they get Mm -hmm. about two of those and they have open airways to a load of treats. So they've got the chewables, the pig's feeds, the tracheas. They get that pretty much all day. Um, oh, nice. this, this chunky guy only gets fed once and he's pretty chunky. So, you know, they get yeah. a good diet. Um, I try to keep everyone 
to the point where they could go outside and function. You know, I would feed these guys twice a day, but they hold their weight pretty well. And I do allow them to sit all day outside when they want to, when the weather's nice. Um, Yes. I, 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 uh, I train them, you know, we put them through all types of breathing, you know, exercises and stuff just so they could last outside because they do have a hard time in the, in, the, in the harder weather. So I just try to make sure that they could handle it and they know how to, you know, take care of themselves if they ever get, you know, overheated too hot. So I try to keep their weight pretty maintained. And that's, you know, that's that's just what's saying. They are pinballs. So, you know, we don't need them any fatter. <laughs> It's funny because the next question was, how do you keep your dogs in shape throughout the year? And and do they need much exercise? These guys, they're pretty active. I know most people think that Frenchies are supposed to be lazy and you guys are not lazy. You know, even my fattest (laughs) one, he'll he'll get out there and he'll run back and forth. Um, They stay pretty active. They all like their balls. They all like to play. My boys all play together. My girls as well. They all play together. They love outside, you know. I do yeah. spoil my animals, but I enjoy my animals being animals, you know. I enjoy yes. being I enjoy nature doing nothing. So I would love my dogs to be able to do the same. Um, we've had some hundred degree weather here in mm. Chicago, which is actually pretty rare, over a hundred yeah. degrees. Wow. And you know, me and all the me and all the dogs, we sat out there and we sauntered together, you know, kind of <laughs> Want, want them to learn to be able to control their bodies as well as, you know, me being able to be able to tell what what they look like when they're in you know going through stress or overheating even now with him breathing like this i know it's not an issue and i know that he's okay he's just pretty much hot he's a big boy so he's you know he's yeah. hot but i know that he won't overheat i know that nothing will happen he'll just sit here and do this all day <laughs> you know, that's pretty much it you know i i try to make sure that my dogs are accustomed to a lot of things we go to dog shows and some of these dog shows don't have the best you know, AC units and stuff like that going. So I have to prepare them as well as prepare myself, you know, so. Yeah, that's really smart. With Blue, he loves to lay in the sun, but he'll literally like on a hot day, he'll be out for 10 and then he'll be crying to let me, for me to let him in. I'll sit out there all day. I love the heat. And he knows. I'll let him in. And then 10 minutes on the cool floor, and then he's out, and then he's in, and then he's out. It's like yeah. a thousand times. I should mm-hmm. just be like, dude, just stay out. And that's stay in. body. That's a good thing because he knows oh, like, um, I'm getting too hot. Can I go inside okay. for a little bit? You know, that's better than these guys. Well, they'll just sit out there. They'll sit in the oh, sun. Oh, really? In the shade, yeah. So, oh, you know. okay. But they enjoy yeah. outside. I think, I think that's just part of them enjoying being with mm-hmm. nature so, you know i kind of have to teach them like hey you feel you're too hot find the shade you know find the water find yeah. the pool my frenchies love water they love water they love the water holes they love the pool so they know Aww. they know what to look for you know i can't even imagine how cute they must look look excuse me swimming like i, I just i'm picturing it now and all i can do is smile pigs in the pool <laughs> pigs in the pool that's all it is pigs in the pool do they have to have a little life jacket or they just go in there and them do i don't feel the pull up that much but i do have oh, okay that actually can swim without it now him i think he would i think he would sink to be honest yes. i haven't had him in a in a big enough pool you should just give him kitty pools Right. Um, and I haven't taken him to a big enough body of water. I will soon. Uh-huh, so okay. But I think him being so heavy and dense, he would probably <laughs> sink. But he'd probably be my floaty guy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because there's a pond near us. And, you know, people think, oh, labs just swim. Well, I got my lab from a shelter at 19 months and he doesn't swim and he doesn't fetch because nobody taught him. So, right. like, it's in them. But if it's, if you don't teach if them, you don't they don't do it. it. Exactly. Right. But Blue, 
even though he doesn't fetch, if I throw a stick into the pond, he'll swim out after it. And he's a better swimmer than Benji, the lab. And it's so funny if people are there because Blue's really like trying to keep his head above, but he does it. So <laughs> perseverance. Yeah, that's all it is. Perseverance. These dogs don't give up. And we need, you know, we need to learn <laughs> that from them. You know, they don't give up no matter what. You know, so they absolutely. Now walk us through the process of purchasing a pup from your kennel from start to finish. So uh, we we answer whatever questions you want. So, you know, if you you just want a window shop, that's never an issue with us. You know, we, we're, we like making the connections. You know, you never know. Some people aren't ready. Some people are ready, you know, but we like to keep that that good notion, you know, that, hey, you know, I spoke to this person a year ago and they were so sweet. You never know. Um, but it starts off, you know, if you find interest in a pup and you would mm -hmm. like to see them face-to-face, -face, if you're local, you know, we meet up. We find a nice local location where everyone feels comfortable and safe. Um, if you cannot, if they're, you know, in another state, uh, we find a way to FaceTime, video call, Zoom, whatever the case nice. may be. Um, we get online, we answer whatever questions, we give you full visuals of pups. And if both parents are here, we would also give you full visuals of parents and where they live at. Uh, from there, we don't require a deposit. Um, but we do tell people that if you place a deposit, it actually puts a hold on that puppy because if someone oh, else is good. interested and, you know, they come money ready, then yeah. they're money ready. Um, from there, if they want to place a deposit, puppy gets taken off of, you know, wherever marketplace that they're at. And we give, uh, updates until you're ready to come pick up pup. Uh, we usually allow pickups around eight weeks. We do oh. six weeks only for certain instances. We do have some breeders who are interested and want to start, you know, whether it's putting them on the stack box and getting them ready for shows. Um, mm. So we do allow six weeks. It just depends the circumstances and how educated the new owners are. Um, from there, eight weeks, we give them everything that they need. So from first sets of shots all the way to rabies, if needed, um, we, do, okay. we do give to them. Um, but if not, then they get their Bordetellas, they get their Pentecost, you know, they get their Parvo, when there's temper, um, we give them everything. They come with a care package uh, for, their, for their life. We don't give raw to our puppies that we know that will be going home with other mm. parents being that, you know, not everyone is comfortable with raw. So we'll, we will ask, you know, do you want right. us to feed raw? Do you want us to feed a certain kibble? What would you like to do? Um, and from there, it's just, you know, if they're making payments, we do accept payments. We ask that, you know, payments are made before pickup. Uh, we allow until four months for payments. So oh, nice. our clients have until four months old. And from there, you know, we kind of try to find some other alternative um, if they cannot make the payments by four months. Um, but by the time these guys are ready to go home, we have them pretty much uh, halfway potty trained and crate trained for the new owners oh, as well. Nice. So yeah. new owners should just be able to come pick a pup. And of course, they're going to cry being alone now, you know, coming from a litter. But in hopes that by the time they get puppy home, it's easier for them to transition their pup to their to their living. Um, we fly pups to you. So if oh, our, you know, our new owners are in another state, we provide uh, pet transport. We provide, provide flight nanny services. And we also have uh, someone that we work with who will also drive, you know, if you're not safe, if the client doesn't feel safe with the puppy flying we have someone who will deliver uh for a low charge as well so we try our best to work with our clients and you know 
anyone that's looking for a pet, you know, we, we try to mentor as well. We will mentor all the way through. So even if you guys want to breed or just have a pet, you guys could call us anytime, any day, and we will pick up the phone as long as we're not super busy. We'll pick up the phone <laughs> and, you know, and help whoever it is that is part of our kennel. We, we really do treat anybody who buys from our kennel as family. We've only just started. We're not 10, 20 years in. We're only three or four years in with the French Bulldogs. So everyone is pretty much family. We like to uphold everyone to family. Oh, that's so nice. I have to say th those sounds are so cute. So if, if you see me, like my eyes are laughing and you're like, I didn't say anything funny. I know, it's the that's thing. so adorable. I have to ask, so like, do you sleep with them? Because like Blue sleeps in, in our room and Benji and Blue's a loud snore and I have to wear earplugs. And sometimes even in the with the earplugs, I can still hear it. My husband's gotten used to it. He doesn't hear it. I still hear it. So how do you, how do you so, handle that with the sounds? It's so Most cute, of mine do not snore. Thank oh, God. okay. That is, so that's one big thing I do look at, look for when I buy a dog or buy a Frenchie. Um, right. Him to me, for what we're doing, this is not a lot of noise. It's just normal, typical French it, noise. It's um, adorable. There are Frenchies who get way worse than this just sitting here. Um, oh, God. That is one thing I really don't approve. Um, my sleep means a lot to me only because me I do whelp. So we get about two hours of sleep. You know, every two hours we're up, you know, feeding and whatnot. So sleep means a lot to us. But my dogs, thank God, are not big snorers. They do not sleep with us. Um, reason being, boys, we just don't. They mark too much. I have way too many girls that, you know, are in and out of heat. So they mm -hmm. tend to, you know, want to mark and want to do all those things. So we don't allow them to sleep in the bed. They all get their own either big kennel, depending on how they do overnight. So him, he's still 50-50. We're still going through some potty training things. And I think it's just because he realizes we've got other boys in the house. So yeah. he, he does his yeah. thing. Um, but usually um, they all get their own kennels. They all get their own living arrangements. If they are fully potty trained, they get their bed in our regular rooms. And nice. they just lay there. Most of them are pretty good all night. They just lay there and, and you know. Yeah. They, they're good dogs. Our dogs who aren't trained, unfortunately, who still have their potty training issues or who want to chew up on stuff throughout the night and stuff like that, they have their kennels or their play pens. You okay. know, they get to free roam those, but we might have one or two who need to be kennels all night. But other than that, they're actually really good. We just... We want our room. We want to be able to sleep and get our rest in when we're, when we're whelping. So exactly. we tend to not allow them in our beds. Um, right. But they've got queen size mattresses that they, they get to, they get our own mattresses pretty much. So everyone gets a queen size mattress in their own bed in here pretty much. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We got some nice dog beds. We finally spent the money because Benji is, he's only, well, well, he's almost 10, but he has really, really bad arthritis. I was going to say. And he, man, you know. Man feelers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we thought, you know what, if we're going to get a really nice, high quality, firm bed for an older dog, even though Blue's eight and he's fine, I'm get, we got him the same one. And what's funny is they'll, they'll start in the night, they're each in their own. And then at some point they switch and in the morning they get in one of them together. It's so adorable. I love that. I love seeing them cuddled up. And with my dad, it's fun to see who really likes who. So, yeah. I, you know, I have eight and some of them really, really get along and they're like attached to the hip. And some of them are just like, eh, I like you. You could just see that right. having more than one really shows you that they really do have feelings and emotions. And, you know, yeah. they do go through liking and not liking. Thank God everyone in my house gets along. Good. I don't deal with fights 
or scuffles. I mean, right now the girls are playing. They they, they saw my wife get up, so now they think everyone's ready to get up. But (laughs) now they're playing and all the girls get along, all the boys get along. We only keep them separated because him, especially things that every girl's for him. So he doesn't care. Um, But, you know, other than that, all of our dogs get along, which is one thing that I really, really, really enjoy. Oh, that's great. Yeah, having these two guys, it's so nice when they just love each other. They'll play and and they'll they'll cuddle. And and even Benji, even though he's almost 10 as arthritis, he's still jumping on Blue's back trying to get him to play. Most of the time, Blue just kind of ignores him, but he's still trying, you know. The old old ones really still have the young, young, you know, hearts and the young minds and you know, we have to watch out for them because at that point it's up to us. And that's just an animal's mm. drive, you know, no matter right. what happens, they're going to always be them. And, you know, that's what I love about them. They'll they'll never change for, for anyone or, you know, pretty much anything. It's unconditional with them, you know, that's and that's so much true. everything in their life, you know, it's pretty much unconditional. Oh, dogs are the best. Now, going back to talking about purchasing the pups, do you offer any health guarantees or support for your puppies oh, yes. after they go to their new homes? Yes, yes. So we offer two-year two year health guarantee with these guys, um, and that's from any uh, anything unnatural. So, you know, anything that has to do with their back, spines, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we very much so breed against that. So with the hopes that nothing happens in the future like that. Um, but we do give them two years. Anything happens with pups within the two years, we would give you a new one if that's something you want or figure out what it is that we could do for that. Uh, but we have yet, knock on wood, thank you, we have yet to have any issues of that. Um, we have no allergy issues with our pups. Um, we have not had any uh, lung issues, any breathing issues. None of our dogs have had oh, wow. to get in their surgery or anything of that nature. So, you know, we hope to keep keep that up. But if ever anything happened, yes, we do whatever it is to keep our client happy, as long as it's shown that it is not of their fault or just regular human right. nature. Uh, we won't do anything for falls or breaks or anything like that. So, oh, okay. But, you know, anything, heart, lungs, you know, anything of yeah. that nature that should be our, as a breed or something that we should deal with, we definitely do. Okay. And so you haven't had to handle returns or rehoming of puppies or adult dogs? That didn't no, work out? Uh, wow. we, we have We've had one rehome, but it wasn't for health. Um, um, the client had her own health issues and just couldn't, oh. couldn't keep the pup or continue the payment. So, and we reimbursed her, you know, we're very understanding. That's so people. nice. Something of wow. that nature, you know, we, we definitely look out for, um, she's a cancer survivor and, you know, things ended up getting right back, back. And we, you know, we understand, you know, things like that we're very understanding for. And if you tell us, we didn't really think about what we wanted to invest in, you know, of course, give me our, our dog back, you know, give us our dog back, Yeah. but it won't be that easy for you to be reimbursed or refunded, you know, mm-hmm. for that puppy being that your excuse is that you didn't, you know, do the research or, you know, exactly. make sure, you know, cer- certain things we do, you know, we will sit there and help you guys out with other things. It's just like, you know, you knew what you were getting into, you know, so. Exactly. You know, it's funny because the way I got blue is Benji and I, this was like eight years ago. We bumped, but well, can't be eight years ago. He's eight. So this was seven years ago. 
we bumped into him at that pond that I was mentioning. And there was the woman with them was saying, oh, my husband, my husband, excuse me, my son got this puppy and he's like going off to college soon. And I travel a lot and I can't, I can't keep him. And I said, just, I'll take him five days a week. If you're right. home on the weekends, yes, I'll take him right. five days a week. I love pities. Just, they can play together. It's great. And then eventually when he was around a year, she's like, I'm going to have to give him up. And we're like, yeah, no, we're taking him. <laughs> the same thing. It's like her 18 year old son is like, oh my God, he's so cute. Ooh, a puppy. And then it's like, but the mom couldn't keep him, right? And if I didn't step in, he would have ended up at the shelter yep. with so many other pities. We get a lot so. of people who want to buy puppies after having children. Mm -hmm. And the children have, you know, have not even made a year old. And, you know, sometimes we do talk to clients and no good. we never want to count anyone's pockets or tell them what they can or cannot handle. But, right. you know, we do want to make sure that you at least have the mind, right mind frame or know you know, the odds, the ends, you know, the pros and the cons to now having another child, because that's basically all it is, is having another child, oh, yeah. you know, a young child at this point, you know, so we, we try to talk to her, you know, I, I do try to talk to them as much as possible. And I know some breeders don't and don't, you know, they just want to get the puppies gone. And to us, you know, I'd rather not have to deal with having to take this puppy back within right six months to a year you know i, I yeah. i'd rather not you know i'd rather be able to make sure that you're happy puppy's happy and you keep them forever i mean that's the point at the end of the day is to have a forever you know right. pet so or you know as long as we can pet so you know we try our best to feel you know our clients as much as we can you know things happen in life and we know things yeah. happen especially now we're in such an unstable time of the world and just life oh. in general so you know right you you just have to pick and choose and just hope that you know they're exactly what you know they said they they'll be for for this animal you know yeah and this might be an odd question because i know of course this is your business but have you ever met people who you say you know what you might be better off going to a shelter and getting a dog that's two or three or you I might, have, might I have, you know it's hard telling someone in those terms that you know they can't afford yeah. your dog or you just feel like they're not a great candidate right for your dog um in instances like that, I kind of try my best to explain why. So maybe they could, whoever they speak to next, or maybe they could reevaluate what yeah. they want to do. Um, you do have the people who just don't want to hear it and just feel like, you know, no matter how you say it to them, like feel they're being disrespected or whatever the case oh. may be, you know, and it, and it is what it is, you know, um, with me even doing the reproductive work, there have been a lot of clients who have stepped into their homes or done business with them. And I know I'll probably never do business with them again because it was just unethical or, you know, the things that I saw were just things that I just don't agree with. Mm -hmm. uh, the easiest way sometimes is just not answer the phone anymore, you know, and not respond. Yeah. It sucks to say it like that. But sometimes as a business, you have to think about what's worth the fight what's worth the right. argument, what's worth the negative promotion or whatever the case may be, you know? So when I get clients like that, you know, I, I tend to talk to them as, as much as I can. And sometimes, sometimes it's as easy as saying as puppy has sold, you know, yeah, sometimes right. just to keep it safe face and to keep it as friendly as possible. The easiest way is to just say, Hey, we sold that puppy. And you know, maybe next time, you know, yeah. it's kind of the easiest way sometimes. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't think people realize that puppies are a lot of work. Oh, and if yeah. you travel a lot, right, or you just had, you know, triplets, it, it might not be the right time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and people get emotional, you know. Yeah. People people are sensitive nowadays. We are a lot more sensitive nowadays. So to tell someone right. that you can't afford my dog, sometimes it's just like a slap in the face to some people. And don't get me wrong, a lot of people come in thinking that French Bulldogs are cheap. Not going to say that you cannot find a cheap French Bulldog, but quality sells itself, you know, and I'm not one to sell low quality, so I will not let my puppies go at a low quality rate. I'm not going to say that there aren't dogs that I have not let go at, you know, a lower rate, Um, but things come into play. DNA, you know, when when we're breeding for certain aspects, I'm breeding to kind of feed off some more breeders. So when we know we have something that is not breed quality, of course, we're going to drop their fee to a pet home rate. But even my pet home fee is still, you know, pretty expensive to the normal person because these dogs are expensive, you know. Yeah. To breed alone, they need C-sections. A C-section here in Chicago is anywhere from 1500 to 8000 I've gotten quoted. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Exactly. So. You know, whereas with a pit, you might spend a couple hundred, maybe a thousand dollars at most here just to get them out of the womb where right. we could be spending up to three thousand dollars. So would I allow someone to buy my dog for five hundred, my puppy for five hundred? No, which is Mm-mm. what a lot of clients come in expecting to hear, you know. Yeah. So it's you that's why I say I like to feel the clients out first. You know, I right. I'd rather have some type of relationship, get some type of friendship going, even if it's not for the long run. I just sure. want to know what's going on in, you know, in your life. Why do you want a French bulldog out of all, you know, breeds of dogs? Why do you want a Frenchie, someone that needs a little bit more supervision than, you know, the normal doodle or lab or, you know, yeah. normal shepherd? You can leave a shepherd out in any weather and they'll pretty much be fine. Whereas most people don't even know, you let these guys out 80 degree weather for too long, you might come outside to a passed away dog from overheating. You know, so with the education and stuff that's needed behind, behind these dogs, I wouldn't just give it to a normal, you know, right. A normal dog owner who who really doesn't know much about Frenchies. You know, I will hope that they educate themselves a little bit. So, you know, I really, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're fine. Yeah, that's rough (laughs) money wise, but you know, they understand it's always easier. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just really admire people like you who are doing this right. I mean, the puppy mills are so effing horrible and the pet store, it's like, you got to go to a reputable breeder. And that's why, you know, I'm so glad that I am part of Bully Girl Magazine now and the Love it. podcast because, you know, I'm a big shelter person. I've always gotten my dogs from a shelter or, you know, I met Blue in that way and he was going to go to a shelter, but I got my lab from a shelter. But people are going to get puppies, right? They want puppies. And I'm really proud to say I'm bringing people who do a damn good job. Yes. And you yes. know what you're going to get and they care about the health and they're not stacked on top of each other crapping and i mean it's just abhorrent what's going on out there right so i really admire you getting bad you know it it is getting bad with the mills and now that these guys made number one everyone oh yes i saw that yeah so now everyone wants to breed them and everyone wants you know to take advantage of it which goes with anything else in the world you know it's just the way the world turns um but i agree with you the puppy mills behind these guys is is getting pretty bad and them being a uh a breed that's prone to health issues, you know, right. you kind of do want to keep them away from the puppy mill feel. Yeah. 
But um, exactly. You know, even with me having eight, sometimes I turn around I'm like I have too many. Like, how can we find someone a nice pet and still allow them to work in the program? You know, because even sometimes when I have to leave, like my boys, for example, when I have girls in heat, and some of these guys have to stay in their in their crates because they just right. they just won't take no for an answer. I feel horrible because I hate seeing my guys in, in you know in cages all day and. Some yeah. of them try to break out. They're they're just being they're just normal, sure. normal nature, you know. So I'm the same way. Like I don't want to be considered a puppy mill. So once I get a certain amount of dogs, right, that I know I want to keep, I have to reevaluate myself. And you know, me and my wife yeah. look at each other and we're like, you know, who are we right. keeping? Who's you know who's a good potential and who's not? Hey, no poop. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> have have his puppies actually right in front of me here. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, it's it it gets to the point where you as the breeder have to talk to yourself and realize when enough is enough and when turning right. into a big breed turning into a backyard breeder is something you have to look look out right. for and be careful for because it's easy for someone to look from the outside looking in and say mm-hmm. that's a backyard breeder. I'm gonna go tell everyone that she's a backyard breeder because I saw three dogs in a cage, you know. The world no. is the world. You know, we have some right. big animal lovers who love animals who don't want to see them in cages at all. And a lot of them look at us breeders as backyard breeders, no matter what, because, you know, we have them in cages or we're just breeding, you know, and you have to keep keep yourself and, you know, your kennel clean. And, and that's that's right. my biggest thing with my kennel and, and my name, yeah. you know, exactly. we want to keep a good name and we want to keep you know, good references and just all around good everything with people. You know, we, we do reproductive services and, oh nice. you know, we mentor and we just, we try to keep a good name for ourselves. You know, our clients come first and, and these animals come first, you know, at the end of the Absolutely. day, they pay our bills. So we need to yeah. take care of them correctly and, sh- and show them we appreciate it. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, when I'm talking puppy mill, I'm talking about where you read, they're literally stacked on top of each other. They can't even move. They have so many in a cage at once. There's, yeah. like I said, crap everywhere. They don't give a damn about their health. They're not doing all the stuff that you're doing, right? And that's yeah. what's the difference. You know, I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen eight to 10 puppies in a 42 inch, you know, cage. And it's like, Give them a kennel at least, you know, give them yeah. some they can walk at least. Like, you gotta walk. move around. Yeah, let them, you know, let them move around. Like these guys, their cages and their kennels are at least three times their size. So, you know, yeah. even if you are stuck in there for a good six hours, you could walk around. You have room. You could play with your toys. You could roll around if you want to. You know, we try to make them as comfortable as we can without right. taking away from cleanup or sanitation or whatnot, you know, because that's another thing you have to look out for, you know. Yeah, you know, I I hate to see these guys. And like I said, I'm not perfect. Not everyone gets their nails cut on time. And, you know, not everyone gets their kennels clean on time. But, you know, you could tell someone who hasn't cleaned a kennel in months or compared to someone who probably skipped a day or three because they're busy, you know. And and that's our biggest issue. That's my biggest thing. You know, you never know who's going to pop up. You never know right. who's going to want to see a puppy. You never know who's going to want to get on FaceTime or, you know, anything. And, hey, can I view your puppy right now? And you don't want to tell a person no, because that just right. sends off red, red flags. Oh, I can't right now. I mean, besides you're not home. I mean, they know you're not your home and you say, no, I can't. You know, that, that starts right. off the red flag. So, you know, you want to be prepared. You know, mentally and physically prepared for anything, anything that a client needs, you know, because they want that. 
they want to be able to call you openly and be able to reach you whenever yeah. they want to be able to call you and say, Hey, can I see the mom and dad and see how they look? And if you're showing a dirty kennel or sh showing dirty dogs, I mean, what does that say about you and, and your household, right. and, you know, in a lot, in a, absolutely, in a picture, you know, so oh, that's yeah. what we really care about here. Well, it's funny because I was going to ask you what advice you have for upcoming breeders, but I think we covered a lot of that. But if there's anything else that you want Patience. to cover. Patience. Patience. In, okay. in, in the market right now, and I don't know if every market is the same. The French Bulldog market has gone down a lot. It's it's actually a roller coaster. You know, you've got the people who are breeding for fads and colors mm -hmm. and whatever is new in the market. And then you've got right. your breeders who are just the hobby breeders who are just breeding. And then you've got your people who are breeding with health and standard and stuff like that. Um, but there's still a lot of patience that needs to be shown. Um, a lot of people think that just because you get a dog and you breed within the first year, you know, you're, you're going to make thousands of dollars and the investment definitely does not come back that quick. Um, patience and a lot of education. Right. Don't just jump in and buy what you can, which I made that mistake, which I think a lot of people make that mistake. Yeah. You know, you buy what you can afford. And if you do go that route, get better. Make the exactly. point, make the point to be a better breeder or better at whatever it is that you're trying to do, whether you start off as a backyard breeder or you start off. And, and when I say backyard breeder, I don't necessarily mean the people who are doing the worst of the worst and the mills. Of course. I think a backyard breeder is just anyone who's beginning and just doesn't right. know the odds and the ends and everything that needs to be known, but you could always come out of that title, you know? So I tell people, yeah. edu you know, educate yourself, have patience, learn how to run a business, learn how to give customer service because without those things being okay, you probably won't get too far, you know, without knowing how to talk to people and accept criticism and accept right. people's opinions for what they are, which is just an opinion. Um, It'll probably have a you'll probably have a hard time because this this is a very opinionated business. This is a very um it could be a very lucrative business if you do it the correct way, you know. I mean, I've seen right. some people do it the wrong way and within two years they're getting backlashed and you know. So you just you just have to pick and choose what, what way you wanna go and what makes the more sense to you, you know, in the long run. Right. Well, it sounds like you have to put money to into it up front and it might take a while to see a profit. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very much so. Um, the lowest I've seen a good quality French bulldog go for is about 25 for 3,500. Um, oh. So exactly. So that's why most people are like, oh, I have to have puppies right now and make this money back right now. But when you don't breed... For the breed, let's put it like that, you know, if you don't breed to have them actually look like French Bulldogs and have them look like the breed, well, then now you're kind of backpedaling. Now you're just kind of turning into the backyard breeder where you're just selling what you can, you know. Right. So with these guys being so expensive, you would hope that most people put the time and the patience behind it. You know, a mm -hmm. chihuahua, you can go out and get one for 50 bucks and breeding that is a lot easier than breeding one of these guys and I think that's where a lot of people kind of go wrong and why they quit because they think mm -hmm. that it's easy and they see how much more 35 for a puppy 1500 for wow. a c-section 2000 for a stud fee you're, you're spending a lot of money before you even see the puppies you know land right. that's if you even get to that point because there are the craziness that happens in between before your litter gets here and after your little get litter gets here so you know 
it is a lot of work and a lot of patience with this breed that a lot of people don't know and don't understand. And, and though you could ask a lot more for these dogs than you can certain other breeds, um, yeah, people don't realize that it's a lot of money that goes into them anyway. So it's not like you're coming in positive right. every time, you know, uh, patience. Patience, 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 patience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, is there anyone that you look up to in the bully game? I mean, I'm looking up to you. I have to say that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, there is a local kennel who uh, took me under his wing, in a sense. Um, his name is Manny from Outlaw Kennels. Uh, he was pretty much the first uh, other kennel to actually give me a chance. And I mean in everything. I mean with the well-being, uh, with the breeding, with owning a dog. Um, he's actually mentored me a lot. Um, but nice. as far as who's not local to me, um, mostly kennels is another kennel that I look up to. Um, they always help out. They're always mentoring. Um, I'm really into the breeders that actually take the time out to educate and to take care of whoever purchases from them, because this is a lot of money that we're right. putting in their pockets for these dogs. Um, I have another mentor. He's from uh, Ireland. His name is Patty. Um, and he comes to the States and he does uh, reproduction classes. Um, so he is who I've gone to take my classes on well-being, on uh, canine reproduction. So uh, AIs, progesterone, cytology and stuff like that. Oh, wow. um, my mentors really aren't really breed breeders. They're more yeah. so more into the veterinary side. Cool. Uh, which is another side of the breeding world that I really, really uh, am starting to enjoy. I like the science side of it, the science wow. side behind it. I love science. Yeah, that's so awesome. um, that's where a lot of my clients come into play. Oh, cool. Now, tell us about one of your main goals for this year. Uh, my main goal is to start producing uh, actual minis. Um, I'll actually be having my first mini litter uh, at the end of the month. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm very excited to actually, I've gotten very, very close to what I want to produce and want my kennel to be known for. Um, this boy actually has a mini breeding as well coming. And so those are our first two mini breedings. So just, the, just the goal is to have them nice and healthy and, you know, have them do right. You know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Now, how would you want things in the bully breed community to be 10 years from now? Um, I hope a lot more put together. Um, I love the fact that the bully community is starting to come together a lot more. Um, social media is helping with a lot of that yeah. where, you know, we could all come together. The dog shows are starting to get way more amazing. Um, I, I, I hope that the market gets back to where it needs to be and that we're more steady um, so that people could start breeding the way that they really want to breed, you know, and start breeding for, yeah. you're going to fall, baby, start breeding, you know, for more health purposes and, and and i hope that we you know weed out the breeders who are just in it for the money you know who don't treat right. the dogs like they're just nobodies you know who kind of just treat the dogs as as money hounders you know That's so terrible. you know I, i'm hoping to get a lot closer with the community i can't wait to see in 10 years how much bigger these dog shows get and these registries and you know how how much the standard changes because everything is always an evolution of change so you know 10 years from now, who knows what a French bulldog will even look like, you know, <laughs> 10 years from now, what the bully will look like, you know, that now that we've got these exotics and right. these little guys and, you know, these big extreme, you know, gorilla looking dudes, like, you know, I'm excited to see what they look like in 10 years. You know, I, I know a lot of people don't like the change. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I like it's a big thing that we argue with uh, with a lot of breeders with the Frenchies is the colors that they're adding. We have like hairless Frenchies now and certain things that I don't agree with. But hey, you know, yeah, we know this is part of life. You know, nothing ever stays the same. So you either get no. with it or you get left. Is kind of you know how it is. You know, so right. You know, certain things I probably will never get with, but you have to be able to change. You have to be open and open minded to the way the economy and the world is changing because if not, you might not make it farther than five to 10 years, you know? So yeah, I'm excited. I don't know which way it'll go, but hopefully we'll still have a French bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, do you currently show any of your dogs? He does. He gets shown. Um, nice. We actually just went into our first title showing. He did BRC uh, sanction show. So he's got some points under his belt. Um, we have a lot of people vouching for him and want me to show him an AKC. Um, I don't think I'm confident enough for that. Um, I might have him go with someone else who's way more into showing mm-hmm. and is a shower. Um, my dogs, unfortunately, cannot be shown. Um, maybe besides him and one other dog that I have because they are not the standard as far as colors go. Um, which I really don't care about. I know Merle, we all know Merle and certain colors are part of, you know, these breeds, but I like colors. Um, I am hoping though with him that maybe one day we'll put him in the AKC shows. He is of standard for AKC. He's a little bit smaller, but they are starting to kind of not care too much on size. Um, he has a son who is of standard color who I'm starting. He's about 15 weeks. So we started actually getting him ready for the shows. Um, but we do, we travel everywhere, it's, it's wherever we can and do dog shows. He's got a ton of trophies. Um, nice. So we're hoping to get him more professional soon. Uh, oh, cool. It's a lot of practice. It's a lot of confidence. And me, being the human, I don't know if I have the confidence to walk out there as perfect as he's supposed to. Um, <laughs> but hopefully sometime in the future, yeah, we do hope to get a little more professional with the dog showing and, you know, have them out there and represent. The, the micro side and the mini side of the French Bulldog. Yeah, that's awesome. I haven't been to one yet, but I definitely want to go. Now, do you have any uh, hobbies or interests? I'm thinking you probably don't have that much time, but yeah. are there other things you like to enjoy? Um, well, besides the science part behind it, yeah. um, the dog shows have really turned into my newest hobby. Oh, cool. Um, it was something that I didn't do too much before. So it is something that I'm looking into doing now more. Um, other than that, these dogs actually, they do. They take up most of my life. Um, I'm honestly just trying to open up a reproductive center, hanging out and just trying to save up the money for a building and stuff like that. So really, I put my hobbies on hold just to be yeah. able to uh, save up and for the next investment, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My dogs are my hobby. So Exactly. I mean, it's, I'm always doing something every day with these guys. I think yesterday... Um, Yesterday, I just tested two of my puppies' semen and did a semen analysis. So that's like a 30-minute process. So it's just it's just fun doing the science side. And sometimes I breed these guys later or earlier in their cycles. Like, that's the hobby that I've picked up now, trying to figure out the science behind certain things and ovulation and when they're ready and how many puppies can we get at a certain time if we breed early or later. So cool. that's what I've turned into my hobby at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think of uh, Bully Girl Magazine? Oh, I love it. I can't wait to get my first issue. Yeah. Um, ever since I was in box, so I, I knew about you guys from going to dog shows. I've seen mm-hmm. 
a few oh, okay. people place um, who their dogs are, you know, uh, featured in the magazine. They'll place their magazine on the, on the on the tables. And, you know, dog shows and things like this are still something new to me as well. I've only started going maybe the past year, two years now. Mm-hmm. And I only went local this year. It's like the first year I've been able to venture in different states. So I love the magazine because I was able to actually pick them up from another another breeder. And as I was sitting at this dog show, I was reading through right. it and I saw a bunch of breeders who I wanted to look into. Right. Even though I didn't want a dog or wanted a puppy, it's just it's just nice to find other breeders in this world. Whereas 10, 20 years ago, it was just go to your store and stand in front. Maybe you'll go to a local store and find someone who has puppies. You know, right. nowadays you could read Bully Girl magazine. You could go on Bully Girl's Instagram and you could find a number yeah. of very nice looking dogs and click on something or see on the article. Oh, that's their Facebook. That's their Instagram. I know how to connect with them, you know? So I love the magazine. I can't wait to, to receive my first my first issue. Um, I, I started my subscription last month, so nice. Waiting for this first issue, and I cannot wait um, uh. for this first issue, ladies. They found the bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for this first issue. Always ready. <laughs> That's what I call their toys. One, they have this one toy. We call it the bag of chips. It's like you know they're opening it. Yeah, You're crazy. Um, right. But yeah, I cannot wait to receive my first issue and see what you ladies have going on. Oh, it's, um, it's good. It's fun to know that women have something to back them up as well. It's harder for us in, in any business, still a lot of attention or, right. you know, just to get the looks that we deserve. So I love right. this magazine because it really puts the women in a lot in the limelight. There are a lot of us who really know what we're doing and are very much educated on breeding or breeds or animal care or whatever your business could be in that deserve to be seen, you know, and and I love that you guys are giving us, giving us a chance to be seen, you know, and, and be heard, you know, put our voices out there. Yeah. Well, it makes me really happy too. I I'm in love with the magazine. Uh, My husband and I were looking through it last night and he went out of the room for a minute and I was like, I want this one. Oh my God, look at this. Oh my God. He's just laughing. And he's like, I know, honey, I know someday, someday, but we already have to, but you never know. I'll I'll keep, I'll keep working on it. At any rate, where do we find you? Give us all the information to find you on social media. So we are on Facebook under bulldoze kennel. So that's like bulldoze, like bulldozer, but without the ER. Um, We are under Instagram under bulldoze kennel Chicago as well. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, we do have a website, but we really don't keep it up to date too much. We don't have too many litters, so there's really nothing right. for us to keep up to date. Um, you could also find us on Google, on Yelp as well, under the same Bulldoze Kennels. Awesome. Well, this has been so much fun, and I'm I'm like over the moon about doing this podcast. I, I just absolutely love it. I'm so and excited. Thank you so it- much. Well, you're just so nice. We had fun. We were like messaging back and forth before oh, yeah. the show started. And I'm like, I have a new friend. <laughs> Love your boy, Blue. I so miss my pit. May she rest in peace. We just lost her last so... month. Oh, um, at so 10, sorry. 10, yeah, 10. So, you know, 10. she was an old lady. She she could have given us some more years. Unfortunately, right. she had a cancer mask that erupted. Um, oh, my God. So we just, so we just had to put her to sleep. So not ready for another rescue just yet. I know I want one. I, I always need yes. my pit in my house. Um, yes. I think it'll take some time before I decide yeah. to uh, go back to a rescue. Um, I get it. 
I, I, I totally But I love understand. your boy, Blue. He is adorable. He is amazing. Yes. Oh, cannot wait. You make me excited to get an, another another big baby. Oh, I always tell, I always joke. I'm like, Blue's my soulmate. I look at my husband. I go, I mean, my dog's soulmate. My husband goes, yeah, hon, I know, I know, I know what's going my on. My wife gives me the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Every time she sees my wallpaper change on my phone, she's just like, ah, another dog beat me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, you know, you know, it's it's a different type of love. You know, no, no one will beat your human soulmate, and no one will be will beat no. your no no other animal will beat, will beat your dog soulmate ever. Exactly. Well, please go get the Bully Girl mobile app. It's fantastic. I'm Subscribe there. Subscribe to I've Bully Girl magazine. Yeah, isn't the app awesome? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've actually connected with a few other people on the app as well. Um, oh, nice. Looking into their ever since my girl died so now you know i've been kind of looking around i know i'm not gonna buy anything but it's cool to you know watch people and and see what yeah. you can get in the future so i've actually connected with a few uh bully breeders and pit bull breeders uh um, oh. that you guys have featured uh nice. in the app as well i've been doing my little searching through it so it's an amazing app too yeah well i appreciate that yeah it really is and then make sure to go on social media on instagram at bully girl mag and then if you want to follow me i'm on TikTok, instagram and i forgot the other one TikTok. oh twitter, twitter. Oh, i have to say twitter not a lot of love for the bully breeds i have a big my biggest following's on twitter i don't know why really? yeah and i tweeted a bunch of stuff and barely got any love but then on instagram it's so much better so i think it's just i'm, I'm you know looking on the wrong platform yeah. but at any rate if you want to follow me and see my beautiful blue and once in a while my lab benji <laughs> uh it's at lisa Your davis mph i know poor benji but you know what he's really it's not like he's not special but i'm sorry i'm a pit bull girl at heart what are you gonna do yeah. but everybody right it's yeah. like same. I have all these Frenchies, but let a pity come in, and I'm like, oh my baby. <laughs> That's yeah. They're the ultimate. They're the ultimate love. Nothing. Nothing beats first love. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And be sure to check out bullygirl.com. Find everything you need. Keep coming back. I'm having so much fun, and we're gonna have rescues on in addition to the breeders as well. We're gonna get a great balance. I'm gonna get some vets on here talking about bully health. And not wait. And I, you know, let's just talk about it have fun and keep loving your bully and uh thanks so much for listening thank you so much for featuring me i appreciate you ladies so much it was yeah. a surprise and it made it made my month it made my day it made my week oh. um even even through the couple deaths we've been through with our pups you know this is something that we i've been looking forward to i'm still oh, still shy behind the camera behind anything so this is helping me you ladies are helping me as well um, oh, with my confidence as well as you know us. You're great on camera. Anna, I mean, you're fabulous. I would never know. I would never know. Oh, you're fabulous. Everyone, please check out Yessie and her fantastic bulldoze kennels. Thank you, Lisa. Thank, thank you, you so much. Oh, thank you.